Thank you, Pastor Jeff. So thankful for his leadership, his ministry for music at our church. How he leads our praise team. I look forward to having all of them back together. Hopefully, Lord willing, next Sunday as we gather at 9.15 and 10.45. Daniel, steadfast in the chaos. Um, if you were only uh, able to pan the camera around and see what was going on behind the camera as some snow started to fall just a few minutes ago, and I know they're hoping for more, um, I can imagine the reaction at your house when those snowflakes fail. But um, we're so thankful that you're here today. We're going to be looking at Daniel chapter 3, and today's message is inspired by a... Um, student Bible study that um, Billy Graham Evangelistic Association came out with years ago titled Dare to be a Daniel. So that's where the title for today's message comes from. I love this passage in Daniel chapter 3, especially for the next generation as we see these young Hebrew men who were taking a stand or daring to be not only a Daniel, but a servant of God. And so we see all throughout this passage great courage and bravery by these young men. So I'm, I am challenged by that. I'm encouraged by that to know that we can do the same. And so if you are taking notes, some of you are like, and I will make sure that I keep my string, my streak of notes going. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give you the three points this morning. The first one, they're really simple. Is there to be undefiled? When you go back and look in chapter 1, you find where those words are used by Daniel when the king's food, the king's literature, the king's gods, King Nebuchadnezzar, all this paganism that was trying to be pushed upon these young men, Daniel said that he refused to be defiled by the, the paganism of so that's point number one, dare to be undefiled. Point number two is dare to be unshamed. We're going to see today in Daniel chapter 3 where Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Azariah, Mishael, Ananiah, that's their Hebrew names, they dare to be unashamed of their God, the one true God. So that's point number two. And then point number three is dare to be unified. Not only to be unified together as a church, but to be unified in Christ. And so, if you have your Bibles this morning, you can turn to Daniel chapter 3. And for time's sake, we're not going to read all of it. I'm going to kind of catch you up. You know that Daniel chapter 1, it was proven once Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego decided that they were not going to be defiled by the paganism, the pagan culture of King Nebuchadnezzar that it was proven at the end of that that they were ten times smarter, better looking, healthier than all the others. And they know that everything was changed so that all of the Hebrew young men would eat of not the king's table, but of what God had asked them to eat in the book of the law. And so they decided amongst themselves, we're not going to be defiled by the things of this world. You think about that in our culture today. A lot of things are accepted. Would you not agree? That weren't accepted even when I was a kid. And some of you that are older and more wiser than I am, you can probably tell those stories of things that nowadays 
It's common culture, but back when you were younger, weren't even accepted. So you see how fast the progression has gone in this um, idea that it's okay to defile yourself as long as it doesn't hurt anybody, as long as it doesn't um, doesn't uh, cause pain on anyone. And then you hear the term, well, then it's my body. I can do what I want to do with it. So there's this idea that there's this freedom that we can do whatever we want. And so the dare to be undefiled, despite what the culture would accept, is a great challenge for us today. And again, Pastor Robbie introduced us to that in Daniel chapter 1. So we notice that in Daniel chapter 1, you have Daniel leading the charge. Daniel's leading the charge and interpreting the dream in Daniel chapter 2. Um, and then when the dream is interpreted and King Nebuchadnezzar gives Daniel an important job in the kingdom, Daniel doesn't forget about his friends that stood with him. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they also get important jobs within the kingdom. Well, then in Daniel chapter 3, you think, well, everything's going to be fine. They're going to continue to uh, live happily ever after. Well, we know that's not what happens. We know that while a pagan leader or a pagan culture might say, yeah, well, we'll let that slide right now. We know that eventually that paganism, that ungodliness is going to come back. And a choice is going to have to be made by those, by those who stand for God. We're going to have to decide for ourselves, will we dare to be undefiled, dare to be unashamed from Jesus Christ and stand firm, even when the screws get tightened and the fire gets hotter. You notice i got a chair, and I brought it and put it out here in front, but the Pastor Jeff's right. This fire's been really, really hot. So, to kind of really get the visual of what this fire, we're going to go ahead and stoke it a little bit. Throw another log on the fire and get it really, really hot. Because I want us to compare this to the fiery furnace that we're going to see in Daniel chapter 3. So, I'm going to uh, kind of catch you up here. In Daniel chapter 3, we know that King Nebuchadnezzar, he makes an image of gold 90 feet high and 90 feet wide. And he wants everybody in the kingdom of Babylonians. Babylonians, Israelites, everyone. When all the music is played, flutes, lyres, zither, trumpets, all that's to be played, everyone is to bow down and worship this golden statue. Can you imagine? That's like nine basketball goals high. Nine feet wide. It's a humongous statue that they were able to see all over the plain of Europe. And so when the music played, everyone was to bow. Music played, everyone was to worship this golden statue. Well, we know that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego decided they wouldn't be undefiled by the pagan gods, little G, not the one true God, of, of pagan worship. They're, they were going to do it. And so word, you know, gets some rain. But do you like that? I don't like that. But I don't think Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego cared whatsoever as to who was going to tie on them. And so we find out that an astrologer, probably one of those astrologers that couldn't interpret Nebuchadnezzar's dream, jealous of Daniel and the fact that he could, jealous of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that they now have a place in the kingdom of importance. They went and told King Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah, you know, I, I think about that. Nanny, nanny, boo, boo, nanny, boo, boo. 
You know, it's like they were going to go run and take. We don't like that. Well, that's what happened. They went and told King Nebuchadnezzar. Guess what happens when the music plays? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego don't buy. They don't defile themselves and worship the statue. And so King Nebuchadnezzar was upset. He said, we got to get these guys over here. I've got to get to the bottom of this because everybody's going to die on my statue. So in verse 13 we find, furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king, and Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my God or worship the image of gold I have set up? Now if you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and all kinds of music, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? So, kind of that crossroads, right? Where you have to decide as a, as a follower of Jesus, am I going to follow God or am I going to steer off and, 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 and be compromised in my faith? Am I going to compromise what I truly believe in, what I have proclaimed in my words and actions that I'm a follower of God? Or am I going to say, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to take the easy way out. You know, you think about it. humanity. It's easy for us to take the easy way out. That's what we were designed to do. The, 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 the path of least resistance. So it takes courage. It takes power from God in order to go the path of most resistance. That's difficult. And so Nebuchadnezzar calls them out. And says, wait a minute, you're not going to worship my statue, you're not going to worship my God, then guess what? Nothing can rescue you from this blazing furnace that I'm about to throw you into. Now, I love how Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego respond. They reply. And the question is, how are you going to respond when faced with a crossroads and a crisis of faith? Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it. And He will rescue us from your hand, O King. Do you believe that today that God is powerful to do anything He wants to do in and through us and inside of this world in which we live? Do we truly believe that? I believe Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego believe that. But they also believe this. Even if he does not, we want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. These young men dare to be unashamed of the one true God, even if it meant being thrown into a blazing, fiery furnace. So Nebuchadnezzar, you know, he's a hothead. He got mad. Not just angry. We call it here in the South getting mad. Nebuchadnezzar was 
furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and his attitude toward them changed. He ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual and commanded some of the strongest soldiers in the army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. Now look at this. I asked Pastor Jeff to bring a meat thermometer. And so I want you to see how hot this fire is. Now it's climbing, and I, I don't have it all the way into the cold. But as I measured it earlier, it was about 140 degrees from a distance. It was about 100 degrees on my back right now. 140 degrees of heat, Fahrenheit. Some scholars have believed and studied these fiery furnaces. And said that at this point, when he stoked this fire, made it even hotter, that it wasn't 140 degrees, it wasn't 240 degrees. Some scholars believe that it was 1800 degrees Fahrenheit when it was prepared for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to go into the fiery furnace. So death was at hand, a few steps away for these young men, but yet they were unashamed of the fact. That they were a follower of God. They were refused to defile themselves by the worship of King Nebuchadnezzar's statue or any pagan God that he were to throw up in their face. And so let's see how it turns out. Verse 21 So these men wearing their robes, trousers, turbans, and other clothes were found and thrown into the blazing furnace. The king's command was so urgent and the furnace so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And then verse 23, we miss it a lot of times, but this verse right here, the very first time I can remember sharing these scriptures, completely changed my life. Notice what happened in verse 23. And these three men, firmly tied, ran for their life. That's not what it says. You know, if you're following along with me. Maybe it says, these three men, they thought for a second about what they had gotten themselves into and had a second guess as to whether or not they truly wanted to follow God. So they, bam, they popped to the Can you imagine that? No, that's not what the scripture said. These three men, firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. You look at the original Hebrew language, it wasn't that they, whoop, I tripped and I fell into the blazing furnace. These young men decided that I would rather die for my God than I would to turn back and go and worship a pagan God or a pagan leader like King Nebuchadnezzar. I've asked students this many times when I've shared these scriptures. Not, are you only ready to die? So many times we have to ask ourselves, are we ready to step into eternity? For those who are with Jesus or have received Him, eternity with Him. But not only that, are you willing to die for your faith? You know, in the United States of America, the greatest country in the world, despite what the media might say, it's easy for us to stand for God in a world where we have the freedom to worship God. You know, today we didn't chance it by going to a building and, and worshiping, and nobody would have stopped us if we would have tried to do that. Maybe put somebody at risk or in a ditch on their way. 
But we have the freedom to go to our place of worship and stand for God. We have the freedom to go anywhere in our world and profess our faith in, in Jesus. I'm, when I say our world, the United States of America. We can do that. We can go. It's, it's, a, it's a right that we have. But in some countries, that's not the case. To profess their faith in Jesus Christ, it could mean them losing their life. It could mean them being persecuted. It could mean them being uh, beaten, imprisoned. But these young men, they were willing to be unashamed of their one true God, the one true God, and stand for Him, even if it meant death. They said, when I'm going to turn back, we're willing to die for the one that we worship. Now, those of you who know the story, look at how King Nebuchadnezzar, he, he's caught completely off guard in verse 24. Then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement, asked the advisors, weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, certainly, O king. He said, look, I see four men walking around the fire. Unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like a son of the gods. Now, many people have asked me, and I'm sure some of you have researched this, who was the one standing in the fire? I've heard Jesus, I've heard uh, God, I've heard the angel of the Lord, I've heard angel Gabriel. Here's what I'm going to say. If a pagan like King Nebuchadnezzar can recognize there's something different about that fourth person standing in the fire, then it's God. God incarnate in, in the form of any form of the Trinity that we might try to understand, which we will have a hard time doing here on this side of heaven. So God was with these men standing with them in the fire. Isn't that good to know? That God, when we stand for Him, He stands for us. You say, how do you know that? Well, God incarnate, Jesus Christ, He stood for us on Calvary's cross and died a death that we couldn't die to pay a price for our sin that we couldn't pay until He said it is finished and our sins could be forgiven to those who received Him. And then He didn't stay dead. No, we know three days later He was resurrected, rose again on the third day so that we might receive life. Even in death here on this earth, we might receive eternal life in Him. That's the good news of the Gospel. So, Nebuchadnezzar, he saw the four men there. They're unbound, unharmed. And the fourth looks like the Son of the gods. Our Savior, our Lord, our God, standing there with these men. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire and the satraps prefects, governors, and royal advisors crowded around them. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was their hair of their heads singed, their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. Aren't you thankful that we can dare to be unified in Christ? And then when we do that, others recognize it. 
All of those important people listed there, the satraps, the prefects, the governors, the royal advisors, they came running and crowded to see, did these men make it? And nothing was harmed on them, not even a hair on their head. You see what happened? They were, they were definitely the minority that stood for God. But then when they did, the majority recognized it. The most powerful one at that time on earth recognized it. And it changed their life. Now we don't know about that pagan culture and whether King Nebuchadnezzar, you go on to read, he makes this big edict about how there's, that, that the Hebrews God is the, is the best God and nobody needs to, to defile him any longer and, and so on and so forth. But what I'm saying is today, how do we apply that to our life to not only understand that we can stand unified with Christ, even if no one else stands with us, but we can also stand unified together as the church of Jesus Christ. I want you to notice as you go back and look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. This is what I love. Recognize this. In Daniel chapter 1, you don't hear any of those names mentioned without the other's names mentioned. All three of them. They're introduced as Azariah, Hananiah, Mishael. Then when their names are changed, and, and they're trying to defile them, there's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. When Daniel said, I know some guys that can do a good job, it's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. When they would not bow down to King Nebuchadnezzar's statue, there were three of them that would not bow down. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And then we noticed that when they walked out of that, into that fire and out of that fire, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And we see what happens when God's people aren't divided. You know, that, that's just something that breaks my heart as a follower of Jesus. Especially when you start to look on social media or you, or, or you begin to be around someone that professes to be a follower of Jesus and they're against everything. And it's divisive. Instead, the, and even divisive amongst themselves as a church. Why can't we, as followers of Jesus, stand together unified under the gospel good news of Jesus Christ? And not only that, stand together so that we might influence the pagan culture that's around us, that's looking for truth, that's looking for answers, so that when they look at us, I pray this for my children often, I pray this for myself often, that when people see us, that they will see Jesus in us. Through our words, our actions, all of who we are. So not only will we stand for God, He's going to stand with us. Even if we die, we know that we have life in Him to those who have received Jesus as Savior. But we also know that when we stand unified as followers of Jesus Christ, then we can begin to influence and impact our world for eternity. Isn't that good news today? I love that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, there was no question. When it came time to fall into the fiery furnace, they fell in together. God's people have got to 
rise up and do that himself. He's going to take courage. We're going to have to dare to be undefiled. We're going to have to dare to be unashamed of Jesus Christ. And we're going to have to dare to be unified. Not only amongst ourselves, but so that the eyes that are watching around us in our world will see, yes, I can tell that those people have been with Jesus. Can people tell if you've been with Jesus? Everybody knew that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego witnessed that miracle, knew that they had stood with God incarnate right there in the fiery furnace. Can people see that in your life? Can people see Jesus in you? Are we unashamed of Jesus and how we live? Because the fire of this world is going to get really hot. My back's sweating right now. I mean, it's, I had to take my sweater off. Sweat through my shirt. It's going to get, sometimes it's going to cause us to sweat. Screws are going to get turned on us sometimes. Are we going to stand for God? Do you know him today? It's the greatest decision you'll ever make in your entire life. No, it's not going to be easy. We see that as examples all throughout the Word of God of people who stood for God. And it didn't turn out like it did for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But it's worth it. It's the best thing we can ever do on the face of this earth. If you don't know him today, would you come to know him? You know, you can say a prayer in your heart that goes something like this. Dear Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know my sins separate me from you. Right now, the best I know how, dear Jesus, I'm calling on you to save me. Thank you for saving me. I believe that you died and rose again so I can have eternal life. Help me to live for you. Maybe you said that prayer right now with me for the very first time. We'd love to know about it. Please, make sure, go to our website, greenbc.net, go to the hub. You can go to 706-227-1222 and text SAVE, BREW, SERVE, a lot of different things. Prayer. You can go to the pinned comment that you're watching right there on the screen. Right there under the comments, you can find that pinned comment. And let us know that you pray to receive you. Any other need that you might have, we'd love to minister to you. Pastor Robbie, Pastor Jeff, Pastor Zach, we would love the opportunity to point you in the direction of what it looks like to follow Jesus and stand for him. If you made a decision to follow him today, please, please let us know about it. It's the greatest thing you'll ever do on this side of heaven. We're so thankful that you decided to tune in today. We're so thankful that the power remained on here in our home. Hopefully it'll be the same in your house. And as I was speaking, I noticed out of the corner of my eye that some snow was falling pretty good there for a while. We already have a dusting. So maybe we'll have an opportunity to get out and play it here just a little bit. But before we close, don't forget all of our announcements that we mentioned. And remember, go to trinitybc.net, go to the hub, and you find out everything you need to know about Trinity. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We love you. We praise you. God, we come to you today with humble hearts, asking you for help. God, I know it wasn't easy those thousands of years ago when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had to make a choice whether they turn their back on you or step into the fire. God, I pray that today that we would boldly, unashamedly, 
be unified together, saying, we will not be defiled, because we stand for God. Lord, if there was one today that prayed to receive Jesus for the very first time, God, I pray that today they would let somebody know unashamedly about what has happened in their life. Lord, we pray that in our church that we would see many saved, baptized, and joined as members of this great church, Trinity Baptist. Lord, we pray that you be with our pastor, all of our leaders. Lord, we pray that you would continue to bless us. Lord, we're truly blessed. Help us to live for you, dear God, in a, in a world that is a culture of paganism, ungodliness, and sinfulness. May we unashamedly and boldly stand for you. And may people see Jesus in us and how we live and how we speak and how we treat other people. For us in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you for tuning in. I hope to see you Wednesday and next Sunday at 9.15 and 10.45. God bless you. See you next time.